Welcome to the Collective Voice of Health IT, a Weedy podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Collective Voice of Health IT, brought to you by Weedy, the preeminent national membership association for health IT guidance and collaboration. I'm Michael McNutt, Director of Events and Education for Weedy, and, and on behalf of the entire association, happy holidays. Weedy's mission is to provide multi-stakeholder leadership and guidance to the nation's healthcare system on how to use and leverage the industry's collective technology, knowledge, expertise, and information resources to improve the administrative efficiency, quality, and cost-effectiveness of healthcare information. Today, I'd like to welcome a dear friend, supporter, and leader within Weedy, a member of its board of directors, and the co-chair of its attachment subworkgroup, Derwin Day, Health Information Manager with Healthcare Services Corporation, or HCSC. Derwin, first of all, happy holidays. Thank you for taking a couple of seconds out of your holiday break to join me, and welcome to the Collective Voice of Health IT. Thank you, Mike, and thanks for inviting me to be part of this, and, um, um, and happy holidays to you, too. No, thank you very much. Uh, I want to sing, but uh, my voice isn't with me. But it's, it's been a long time coming, hasn't it? Uh, not only the PA proposed rule coming out, but uh, just a few days later, the attachments rule. Um, you know, jokingly, did did you guys have an office pool as to when these would be uh, finally released? I know you've been waiting a quite quite a some quite a time, quite a yeah. long time. Well, we're getting quite a present here uh, for, with having both the the. Uh, prior auth and the attachments uh, rules come out around the same time, you know, but they are related and, um, you know, closely related. And uh, we've been, uh, of course, um, many people have been expecting this since uh, it was originally rescinded back in 2007. Um, And so they've been waiting for a long time, but actually, you know, there are a lot of people that have been, um, uh, big supporters of this because it's a win-win uh, for both the providers and the payers, and uh, they, they see this um, uh, as as an advantage um, so ever since the beginning of HIPAA. You know, since back in '96 when they first came out. Uh, so it has been a long time coming. Um, the um, both at Weedy uh, from the Weedy Attachment Work Group and the uh, HL7 uh, and X12 attachment work groups have um, not been sitting on their hands all that time. They've been, you know, progressively uh, advancing the the standards and making changes and moving it from an HL7 V2 message to a a, a CDA clinical document uh, architecture message. And now they've brought it up to a uh, um, uh, uh, offering a fire message to be used for attachments as well. But um, uh, we don't see that named in the rule. And, and, and we, you know, uh, Weedy just had a, a spotlight yesterday and uh, Dan Conwell was on and, and, and added some um, insights as to, you know, what their thoughts were. Uh, and, so, and it was very insightful uh, to hear from him. Yes, yes, it was. Um, and that was great that we could get him at such a short notice. Um, your initial thoughts, are there any particular highlights of the PA rule that really speak to you that um, you've been waiting for, like you said, for, for quite some time? Is there anything there that um, you were happy to see? Is there anything there that uh, gaps, for example, in the PA rule that is not being mentioned? Well, I, I think the, the one concern that we have now, it's going to be quite a change if um, uh, we adopt the um, uh, uh, HL7 Da Vinci implementation guides um, that were 
created for um, prior auth. It, it's a different workflow than what we currently have using the 278 transaction, but it does allow for the, the conversion to the 278 transaction. So it's not, um, uh, it, it remains HIPAA compliant if you use FHIR um, and you use all three of those implementation guides. Unfortunately, if it, it seems to fall short from, for a lot of people. They're, they're, um, um, they're, they're questioning, well, if we're using FHIR, why not just use FHIR and not have to convert? Uh, so that's, that's a concern for some people. Uh, and that's something that will be, I'm sure, discussed um, in the uh, coming days uh, in, in reviewing the, the implementation guides. Um, uh, certain people, they mentioned uh, in our spotlight yesterday that um, um, you know, some of the implementations that are out there now using the FHIR um, uh, opted for a, a HIPAA exception, so they didn't have to convert to the 278 transaction. Um, and, and, but that's just on an, in, you know, a one-on-one -on -one basis that the exceptions granted. So. Um, I think that overall, maybe the concern uh, that uh, uh, people want to uh, consider is, do you want us to continue to support that uh, conversion to the HIPAA, two, uh, HIPAA 278 transaction or just use FHIR? I think that's a big question that will be um, uh, addressed in our discussions in the, in the upcoming days, um, as well as uh, the, the um, uh, process for the burden reduction is, is, is uh, reducing the burden for the provider uh, mostly. So I think that that's uh, uh, key to the, the changes and um, there will be quite a, a work, workflow process change for both the provider and the payer to do the prior auth stuff. Excellent. No, fantastic insight. Now, I've known you for quite some time, and I only calculate that by the amount of bags of Chicago popcorn you've given me. So <laughs> I count it by that. But you've been a proponent of FHIR, uh, Fast Healthcare Interoperability Resources. Uh, we may have some newbies in the industry listening to this, and thank you for listening. Um, just give them a couple of sentences real quick, a quick overview of FHIR. You've already talked about its role in the PA uh, rule, but, you know, it, You've been such a supporter of FHIR. Uh, I'm such a proponent of it. Uh, give them a quick, you know, a general idea of what FHIR is. Oh, sure. Sure, Mike. Um, yeah, well, um, FHIR uh, is going to allow you to, uh, of course, um, exchange the, the clinical information through um, uh, the Internet. And um, it, um, it uses APIs. Uh, just as you would, uh, you know, uh, giving your information on your, um, your your flight schedules and so on. So it, it, it allows you to use your um, your personal cell phone to get the information and uh, uh, through an API and uh, as well as um, uh, any other device. Uh, it could be your it could still be. Yeah, you know, uh, business, you know, computer to computer exchange of the information, but it would be using a, a format. It's just another format that that uh, would be used to uh, allow you to exchange that information uh, over the internet. Is what it really allows you to do. Excellent. 
excellent stuff. And, and we have, uh, we always have folks from Fire, Da Vinci, always coming by talking. So uh, be sure to check out uh, any of our videos on our YouTube channel. And I'll mention that in, uh, shortly. Um, now, I mentioned earlier, and you mentioned also, the work that you've been doing, uh, part of the attachment subwork group. And all our work groups, and we have over a dozen of them, comprise of a collection of weedy members volunteering their time to work on healthcare's most pressing issues. Now, you kind of mentioned uh, what the attachment work group has been working on up to this point, and how will things change in the next several weeks regarding the proposed rule? Uh, when is the next meeting? Um, you know, as, as always, Weedy members are all invited to attend these. If you're not a Weedy member, please go to Weedy.org and find out more information on how to become a member. But um, go over a little bit of the attachment subwork group meetings. Um, like I said, when are they, and what do you plan to be talking about uh, in the next couple of weeks? Yeah, thanks, Mike. And the attachment work group um, has uh, is a standing meeting every third Wednesday of the month at uh, three o'clock Eastern time. And it's been a while. Uh, you know, we've kind of been on a hiatus waiting for this rule to come out, to tell you the truth. Um, you know, so we haven't been meeting that regularly. But I think we might have to uh, discuss at this uh, meeting uh, whether we're going to meet once a month or, or go back to meeting once uh, a week or every other week. Uh, that would be probably one of the first things we discuss uh, at that meeting, uh, an agenda as to how um, often we meet to review this uh, uh, NPRM and come up with comments for it. Um, I think as a work group, we'll, we'll come up with comments ourselves and uh, share them with the uh, um, Weedy uh, Advisory uh, Committee. Uh, when they go to make their uh, comments from Weedy as well. So, um, and, and people can, can also, you know, uh, share their views. And so we, we welcome everybody to, to come and attend and, and uh, give us your views on, on uh, how uh, your organization plans to, to uh, implement attachments, whether it's uh, um, uh, maybe you already have it implemented using the, um, uh, versions that were out there and available um, using the X12 as the envelope and the HL7 uh, part as the uh, payload inside of it. Uh, so, so you could be doing this already with the 270, um, the X12 uh, 277 request and the uh, X12 275 response with the HL7 embedded in it. Um, or you, you, um, um, perhaps um, would see more uh, benefit in um, implementing the, uh, the fire uh, uh, response for this. And, and, and Da Vinci's uh, created a uh, implementation guide called CDEX or Clinical Data Exchange, which um, allows you to do that, uh, the same thing that, that we do uh, it allows for the solicited and unsolicited, just as the X12 um, uh, standards do. It allows for um, uh, uh, clinical data as um, as well as um, uh, administrative data to be to be exchanged uh, during the request. What it does in um, addition to that is up until now you've only been able to request and get a response in a document. So if you were looking for certain information 
uh, you would have to know that that information belongs to that document and ask for that document and then search through the document to find the information. But FIRE allows you to ask for a discrete question as well. So you can get some discrete clinical data. So there are some advantages to um, uh, going to using CDEX at this point. And um, I think each, each organization is going to have to weigh what's the value of, of those um, advantages and disadvantages. So, and the um, weedy work groups, especially the attachment sub work group, allows that kind of convening and convergence of multiple different folks, multi-stakeholder look at the attachments rule. And then, like you said, implementation, that's the biggest thing. We're always about solutions. We want to hear how people are not only currently working or they plan to be working uh, to work with this uh, attachments rule and the proposed um, PA rule as well. Exactly, exactly. And and, and we really, uh, you know, are going to be, since we are starting this up again, we, we want to get people back into our work group to uh, uh, come in and, um, you know, tell us uh, what their thoughts are on, on, on the, the attachment stuff at this point. So um, we, we look forward to hearing from them and sharing their, uh, their thoughts on this. Definitely. And once again, if you are a Weedy member and you're not part of the Attachment Sub Work Group, simply go to Weedy.org, click on Work Group. There's a button at the bottom of that page that says, I want to join a work group. So that allows you. Now, if you're not a Weedy member, shame on you, number one. And number two, go to Weedy.org, find out how you can become a member, and you can be a part of these very valuable conversations. These are conversations that will help shape healthcare policy. Uh, so next steps for Weedy. Uh, like Derwin had mentioned, um, at the time you hear this, it would be probably a couple of days ago, but we did have a spotlight on the proposed rules uh, featuring members of CMS, members of DaVinci HL7, and also our sponsor, InterSystems, for that event. So be sure to check that out on our YouTube page. Go to YouTube and click uh, search Work Group for Electronic Data Interchange. We use our old official name for that one. So Work Group for Electronic Data Interchange on YouTube, and you'll find our videos. Uh, stay tuned. In the next year, in 2023, we will have multiple events looking at uh, the pro proposed PA rule, interoperability rule, and the attachments rule, where as members and non-members, you get your opportunity to voice your thoughts and supply your comments to help us with our comments uh, going to CMS. So uh, this has been an incredible episode full of valuable information for our listeners. Uh, Derwin, I look forward to having you on again. This is the first time. This shouldn't be the last time. Uh, you have an open invitation. And once again, thank you for taking time out of your holiday uh, break to uh, join me for a couple of seconds. I, I really appreciate it. Well, thank you, Michael. And uh, there'll be a large bag of popcorn uh, for you next time. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Uh, this has been the Collective Voice of Health IT, a Weedy podcast where the health information technology community connects, collaborates, and creates solutions for a better health system. Find this episode and many more on our website, weedy.org. Thank you for listening. Happy holidays and be safe. <laughs>